Keep me safe, O God, for I take refuge, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. Apart from you I have no good thing. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup, and you have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will, will rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made me known, you have made known to me the path of, of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, the eternal pleasures at your, at your right hand. Next reading is from um, the book of James, and it's on page 854. James chapter 1, starting from verse 2 to 12. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of, any, of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish, it, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives, it generally, who gives, generally, who gives generally, generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must not doubt. He must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position, but the one who is rich should take pride in his low position, because he will pass away like the wild flower. For the sun rises with a scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls, its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away, even when he goes about his business. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because he has stood the test and he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Thanks, Jane. We're looking at the, uh, the topic of joy tonight. Looking at joy tonight, and then next week, look at the topic of, of pleasure. Uh, it is uh, 10 years... It's not Joy Haig. <laughs> it's an easy joke, isn't it? Uh, 10 years ago... Next week, I arrived in Australia, um, and I soon discovered that, that you guys have got a phrase which I don't think you really mean what you say. remember very early on someone saying to me in a, a thick Aussie accent, how are you going? And I thought they meant it. I thought they were really asking how I was going, and so I went on to tell them that I had a bad week, and it was a tough time, and that expression came over their face they to say, I didn't really want to know <laughs> how you were going. It was just a, a pleasantry, it's not kind of a good day, how are you going? But it's actually a really important question, isn't it? 
how are you going? Uh, what you're really asking is, you know, how is life treating you at the moment? Is life good? Or is life tough? Are you happy? Are you sad? How are you going? You see, as human beings, we are we're emotional beings, aren't we? God made us with emotions, and that's, that's a good thing. We're not robots. We have feelings. We have feelings, and our feelings are often sort of, um, they control us. So I don't know whether you ever felt a, a, a deep grief or a deep sadness. And it's kind of a, a black cloud that, 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 co that colors everything. There's this darkness that, that, that controls you. Or, or the other end of the spectrum, you've got this, this, this deep ecstasy and this, this deep happiness where even, even the mundane things are exciting because that's just where you're at at the moment. And you've got the whole spectrum of feelings from, from the deep grief to the deep ecstasy because we're emotional beings and our emotions really control us. On the other hand, sometimes our emotions can seem out of control. I, I don't know whether you can identify with this quote from Martin Lloyd-Jones. I, I know I can. He says, We wake up in the morning and we find ourselves in a mood or condition quite different from the day before. Nothing you know of accounts for it. Uh, yesterday you may have been perfectly happy and you went to sleep anticipating another great and glorious day, but you, you find yourself in the morning waking up depressed and in a foul mood. Suddenly, without explanation, you just find yourself like that. Have you ever experienced that? Nothing's changed since the night before, but suddenly you wake up and your whole mood is different. That's our emotions, that's our, our feelings. They, they either control us or they're out of control. And so when you come to a, a topic like joy, well, you, you say to me, well, well Paul, my, my joy depends on what's happening in life. My joy depends on my circumstance. And so we use the word joy to express how we're feeling at a, at a happy occasion. You know, you're joyful at, at a wedding. You're joyful at the birth of a child. You're joyful when you're successful. You're, you're, you're joyful uh, when you're promoted. But... But joy is not a word that you often use at, uh, at a funeral or joy is not a word you use when you're retrenched or joy is not a, a word that you'd associate with loneliness or with, with failure. Because for us, joy is just this, this surface emotion that depends on my circumstance. Uh, today, tonight, I want to unpack joy from the scriptures. Looking at three questions. What is joy why can you be joyful and how can you be joyful? What is joy? Let's, let's turn to the scriptures. They're on the screen. Psalm 32, verse 11. Rejoice or be joyful in the Lord and be glad you righteous. So, so if you're righteous, if you're right with God, if you're walking in a right relationship with God, you are called to rejoice or to be joyful. Philippians 3, verse 1. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 4 verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice. 
Well, my favorite verse is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Be joyful always. I reckon it's that word always that we struggle with. It's pretty clear, those verses. They're not hard to understand, hard to grasp yet, but God is commanding us to be joyful. It's not a suggestion from God. It's a command. Be joyful always. And what he's saying is, is whether you're going through the tough times or the most delightful times, you should still be joyful, still rejoicing. You see, if joy is just an emotion, how can God command you to be joyful always? See, the shock in the scriptures is, is that joy is not just an emotion. I'm not denying it's an emotion. Of course joy is an emotion. But joy is more than an emotion. It's not just an emotion. Joy, joy is not the same as being happy. Otherwise, you and I would walk through life with this, this burden of trying to be happy always. You know those, those Christians who seem to wander around with a, a fake, sickly grin on their face? God does not say, be happy always. I say it again, be happy. There are times in life where you can't be happy. But you can be joyful. See, joy is not just an emotion. What is joy? Joy is what I call one of the, the deep-seated emotions. You know, you've got these surface emotions. You've got happiness. You've got sadness. You've got tearfulness. You've got sorrow. And all those surface emotions, they depend on your circumstance. They depend on what's happening. Your, your happenings of life dictate how you're feeling on the surface. But there are emotions that are deep-seated because they're always there. They're ever-present. Emotions like contentment and emotions like thankfulness and emotions like, like joy. And the best uh, illustration that I've got, I've used before, is actually the weather. You know how Sydney weather is so unpredictable? And uh, you, you go out in the morning and you're wearing a T-shirt and then suddenly this, this cold change comes through or it's a beautiful sunny day and suddenly these dark clouds gather and it starts this torrential rain. Well, well there are things like the rain and the snow and the wind, which, which they come and go. <laughs> They're unpredictable. But there's also the sun. And the sun is always there, isn't it? Uh, sometimes it's really obvious. On, on a bright, glorious summer's day, you can see the sun and you can feel the sun. But, but there are other days where it's cloudy and it's overcast and it's drizzly or it's torrential rain, but, but the sun is still there. It's just not quite so obvious. You can't see it as clearly. But the sun is always there. A and that's joy in the scriptures. It's always there. It's always kind of their emotion. Now, now sometimes it's pretty obvious. Now sometimes you look at someone's face and they are radiant. You think, yeah, they're joyful. But other times it's gloomy and the clouds are out and it's, it's rainy and it's dark and it's hard to be joyful. But joy is still there, even if you can't see it outwardly. That is joy. It's that, that always kind of thing. Even if outwardly you're struggling, joy should still be there. No, not, not should be there, it, it must be there. Because we're called to be joyful always. 
not depend on your circumstances, not only in response to the good things of life, but, but always there. So what is joy? This is the best definition I've come up with. Joy is that, is that deep-seated confidence, contentment, satisfaction, and trust in an ever-present, always good, always sovereign God. Joy is that deep-seated contentment, confidence, trust, and satisfaction in the ever-present, always good, always sovereign God. See, he doesn't change. God doesn't change like your emotions. And that's why your joy can always be there. Speaking personally, uh, again, it's almost 10 years ago, nine years ago, where a friend of mine was, was murdered. He was a Christian guy. He was murdered in Glebe. And in the midst of this pain and grief and tears, I could still be joyful. Why is that? I could be joyful because a, a brother was now with his saviour. I could be joyful because no matter what happens, I know that my God is sovereign. Also speaking quite personally, uh, in times of loneliness, I'm sure we all identify with this, there's times when you feel deeply lonely. You know, lonely in ministry or just lonely in life. And you can still be joyful because... In the midst of that loneliness, and it, Jesus is, is your brother who's walking alongside you. He never leaves you, he never forsakes you. So why do we struggle to be joyful? I think it's because all, all the surface emotions, they kind of trick us into thinking we've got nothing to be joyful about. We, we allow the, the sadness, we allow the struggles to, to overwhelm us and to crush that deep-seated confidence and contentment and satisfaction and trust in God. And, and God knows that. And I reckon that's why he keeps reminding us to be joyful always. What is joy? That deep-seated emotion. That God is good. Why can you be joyful always? It's a hard question, isn't it? Why, why can we be joyful always? I could preach lots of sermons on this. We could talk about God's love or God's goodness or God's holiness. Let me give you four reasons you can be joyful always. Here's the first one. Because God has saved you. Isn't that, isn't that the best reason to be joyful always? Because of your salvation. Psalm 35 verse 9, My soul will rejoice in the Lord and delight in his salvation. Stop and think about it. That, that, that the holy God who created everything, who doesn't need anything from you at all, that he should see you in your sin and he should reach out to you and he should call you and he should rescue you and he should send his son to the cross for you personally. The, the, the Son of God, the perfect sin, the Son of God should, should walk to Calvary and carry on his shoulders the punishment for your sins so that you can be rescued from hell. Isn't that the best ground for your joy? Your own salvation? The fact that you're certain of heaven? You know the, uh, the uh, hymn, I stand amazed in the presence. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus and Nazarene. And I wonder how he can love me, a sinner condemned and clean. And maybe that's why you're not joyful always, because you don't stand amazed 
you've lost the wonder that Jesus should love you, a sinner condemned and clean. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2 is a beautiful picture. It says, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and, and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He is my salvation. With joy I will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy I will draw water from the wells of salvation. I want to urge you to, to spend time even tonight just drawing water from that well of salvation. Get on your knees, spend time with your God and just marvel again at the cross. Just marvel at how much he's loved you what he's rescued you from, and what he's forgiven you for. When the Philippian jailer became a, a follower of Jesus, you can read about that in Acts 16. This was his, this was his response. Acts, Acts 16, verse 34, uh, he was filled with joy. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. Was that your response when you first became a believer? If you're a believer here tonight, can you remember that first time when you were saved? And just that, that deep-seated amazement that, that God would love you that much. And I wonder whether we just become complacent about that. The cross, uh, we sing about it, we read about it, but we lose the wonder and awe that the Son of God would die for you and for me. How? Why are you going to be joyful? Because God has rescued you and saved you. Number two, be joyful always because God has saved other people. We're very self-centered, aren't we? But every time we gather as church, you should look around and you should say, wow, that's another reason for joy. Just, just look around at each other. We're, we're all different, and yet God has saved these people. And I, I wrote down the list of people who I know in the past 12 months who God has brought to faith. And I just spent time on my knees just thanking God for that. And my heart was filled with joy. Here's what Paul and Barnabas say. As they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the brothers very, very joyful. Again, is that your response? Every time somebody is pulled from the pit of darkness and brought to the kingdom of light, every time someone is lifted from the mire clay and put their feet on the rock, is your heart filled with joy? Wow, God would save other people. And, and I know that this institution called the church is corrupt, and I know that people let you down, and I know that people hurt you, but as you look around, you're supposed to say, wow, my heart is filled with joy because there are other people here who God has saved. The Apostle John writes this in 3 John. It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy, no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Isn't that a source of joy? When you hear of other men and other women who are, who are uh, growing in Christ and maturing in Christ and they're still following Jesus, one of the greatest joys for me is receiving emails from people who have left this church because they've moved away from Sydney. But they're in another church and they're still walking with Jesus and they're still growing in their faith. Now, I'd love to get emails from Rob and Viv in a year's time and they're still walking in the truth. And that, that should fill your heart with joy that God is still 
at work in people's lives. Number three, this is the hard one. You can be joyful always because God matures you through trials. These are the verses that kind of should make you go, this is crazy talk. James 1 verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Notice in verse 2 he says, trials of many kinds. He's saying there'll be all kinds of trials in your life. There will be the moments where you are disappointed and let down. There'll be a loss of relationship. There'll be grief. There'll be sadness. There'll be ostracized. They're just just the normal trials of life. And in the midst of those trials of life, what is your response going to be? What does James say you should be? Joyful. How do you do that? You've got to understand the purpose of your trials. He says in verse 3, because you know, you're confident that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. That word for testing there is actually the refining word. You know when you, you get a piece of metal and you put it into a furnace? Why would you take a, a piece of metal, like a, a bit of gold, why would you put that gold into a furnace? Can someone tell me? To purify it. So what happens is you put the gold into a furnace and, uh, and all the impurities, they, they, they rise to the surface. And then you scrape off the impurities and you're left with a, a pure gold, a pure metal. And what the Bible says is that the way that God refines your faith where the God matures you and grows you is puts you in the furnace. And as you're in the furnace, God is saying to you, okay, I- I'm going to expose your impatience. I'm going to expose your pride and your greed and your selfishness. They're going to float to the surface. And if you will scrape those off, you'll be left a much purer Christian, more mature in your faith and more like Jesus. Let me say at this stage that, that if if your goal in life, if your purpose in life is just to be happy, you'll never understand this verse. Because when the tough times come, you just want to be happy again. But if your purpose in life is your goal in life is to be mature in your faith, to be more like Jesus, when the tough times come, you will get on your knees and you'll say, Lord, please show me how you're maturing me. And as you do that, trust me, you'll have this deep-seated joy. It's painful. The tears will flow, trust me. But in the midst of it, you'll say, okay, God, I, I know you're holding on to me and I know that you mature me through this and that brings me great joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Number four. You can be joyful always because God is keeping you for heaven. Let me just read from 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are being shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's to be ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, In this you greatly rejoice, That is, your inheritance has been kept for you. 
you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Here it is, verse 8. Though you haven't seen him, you do love him, that's Jesus. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in Jesus and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. And what Peter's saying there is that knowing that God has got you kept for heaven, knowing that your inheritance is certain, it cannot perish, it cannot spoil, it cannot fade, no matter how tough life gets, God is going to keep you and God is going to take you and God is going to see you face to face with your Savior. Knowing that truth, that fills you with that inexpressible and glorious joy. Just in case you're here tonight and you really are worried, you know, what if I don't make it? What if I don't make heaven? Hear these words from Luke. Luke chapter 10, he says, Rejoice. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that your name is written in the book of life, written in the blood of Jesus. It's a language of Psalm 73 that, that you, God, hold me by your right hand and you will take me into glory. Now, do you see why you can rejoice always? Because God has saved you, and God has saved other people, and God is maturing you through trials, and God will hold on to you, and God will take you to glory. And you spot the common theme in all those things? It's all about God, isn't it? God saves you, God keeps you, God matures you. It's got nothing to do with you. And if it was to do with you, if your joy was dependent on you, then joy would just be like any other emotion, up and down, fluctuating. Because I fail and I let myself down, I let other people down, but it's not about me. My joy is all based on God and what he's done and what he is doing and what he will do. And that's why even when the clouds are out and even when you don't feel happy and you don't feel full of glee, you can still look at God because he doesn't change and you fill your mind and warm your heart with those eternal truths about God and you have this deep, deep, deep-seated joy. Let me finish tonight by tackling the how. How can you be joyful always? Look at this amazing verse. love this verse, Psalm 16, verse 11. You've made known to me the path of life. You will, fill me, you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Now of course, that joy is only going to be complete when we're in his presence for all eternity. But how now, how now can you be joyful always? Can someone tell me? Not rocket science. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. Come to your God. Know, know your God. Fill your mind with truths about God. Talk to God. Ask Him. Say, Lord, Lord, please give me that deep-seated joy. Please show me how you mature me. Talk to Him. Listen to Him. Feed yourself with the Scriptures. Walk in His ways. 
it's like any relationship, isn't it? They, the more intimate you are with Jesus, the more deep-seated your joy will be. The more intimate you are with Jesus, the more deep-seated your joy will be. You know the most joyful Christians I know? They've often gone through the toughest trials. They've often gone through the darkest days. But in the midst of those trials, they've clung on to Jesus and become closer to Jesus. And they're marked by that deep-seated contentment, satisfaction, trust, and contentment in Jesus. I don't know where you are at the moment. I don't know where you are with your surface emotions. If I said to you tonight, how are you going? If I ask you, please, please be honest. Please be honest about how you're going. Please don't fake it. You'll be sad. You'll be happy. You'll be grieving. You'll be delighting. But all of us in this room tonight should be able to say, how are you going? Oh, I'm sorrowful, but I'm rejoicing. I'm happy, but I'm rejoicing. I'm sad, but I'm rejoicing. And you rejoice in the Lord always. Why? Because God is good and God is sovereign and God has saved you. I'm going to pray for us. The Apostle Paul said, Sorrowful yet always rejoicing. In all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. Father, even in the midst of the darkest storm, the serious sickness or that debilitating depression, please remind us of the joy that we can have in Christ. And when we're ecstatic and when we're happy, please remind us of where our true joy is found. Father, thank you that you've saved us. Thank you that you mature us. Thank you that you keep us. Please help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him went to that cross for us. And we are set in his precious name.